Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Points live stream. Uh, I think we we always have called this something points. I think this might be off season points, draft points. It's some some sort of points, but it's uh, uh it's I, I'm glad to be here. My name's Joe Dolan. That was an incredibly awful intro, but I'm here with our our staff here. Um, it's wonderful to be with all you guys. Uh, uh, whether you're on YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, on our website here, um, just really glad to be with you guys. And what we're going to do something tonight is a little bit different, guys, than what you did last night. I think we're all hungover. Um, I was in Discord. Uh, Graham, Scott, Wes, you guys were on the live stream. Tom, you were in Discord. Um, we're all hurting a little bit. Some of you uh, uh, have already started easing the pain uh <laughs> i have not yet <laughs> brawley's got the mug graham's got the seltzer wes is sticking to water tonight <laughs> water and coffee yeah water and coffee <laughs> scott what scott what, what are you guzzling down yeah i i shifted to michelob ultra which is basically oh, water so watching your waistline you know. <laughs> <laughs> watching your, okay uh i'm drinking water right now i have jersey mics on the way here hopefully it's here by the time we wrap up it's seven so what we're gonna do tonight we're just gonna talk here um, for the next hour or so, favorite landing spots, some of the things we noticed from the draft last night. And I want to start off by like some of the top kind of uh, fantasy prospects who are still on the board um, uh, and potential landing spots. And I'm going to tie this in here uh, with, with uh, Tom. You did some best bets for the website. Um, I cleaned up last night with, uh, thank you, Trey Lance, by the way. Uh, that was, uh, that was a big win for me, but Where'd you um, get him at plus three fifty. It was three fifty. It was three fifty. Nice. Um, yeah, pretty early then. Yeah. And, um, I was, uh, I did. And, and it was, I wish, you know, I wish I would occasionally take my own advice, you know, because I sent Graham like the tweet that, uh, that I had literally the day that the 49ers traded up to number three. I tweeted out, I think they want Lance, not Fields. And that was before even all the Mac Jones bullshit started. Yeah. And so I like it just like based on the way like Lance plays, the way I heard guys I trust like Cosell and, and Wes and, and Fran Duffy talk about him. I was like, I just didn't see the and, and you guys all came to the same conclusion. Obviously, the 49ers did as well. You don't trade three first round picks for, for Mac Jones. Yeah. And and he's going to be a good player, but like I just wish I'd put the money down when it was that because it would have been like six or seven hundred uh, plus seven hundred, I think. But anyway, let's start with the player, Tom, that you put in your best bets. And I think I have an idea on why you put this in your best bets, but I'll have you talk about it. And I want to talk about potential landing spots here, especially with Graham and Wes, who have studied this player pretty extensively you have Javante Williams under 51 and a half minus uh, excuse me oh I was gonna say I, I wish it was 51 minus 138 so keep in mind we're starting with pick 33 here so he has to go in the next uh eight picks or actually the next nine picks because it's inclusive uh but he has to go in the next nine picks in order to justify that Tom what's your rationale for this because I mean I, I'm frankly it's easy. There are teams at the top of the second round. There's this, this good player, two running backs went in the first round. Obviously there are some teams here where running backs are pretty glaring need. Yeah. I, I see four teams right here off the bat, you know, with the jets at 34 Atlanta, at 35 uh, Miami at 36, three picks right in a row there. Um, you know, we could even see somebody jockeying. I mean, it's, it sounds like the Jaguars are going to stay there at 33, but there's at least a little bit of a possibility. Somebody, 
might try to make a move up there to get ahead of, you know, those three running back needy teams. And even Denver, uh, I mean, they still have Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Don't really have much of a backup plan. That's, of course, that's right at, you know, right near that. They're, they're picking 40. It's right, right, right around that 41 and a half. So that's probably the last chance to, to get it there. So I, I think there's four spots where we can get that. It, you know, he's minus 138. Uh, you know, you got to pay up a little bit, a little bit of a price to lay there, but uh, you know, it's just a huge drop off after Williams here. We had Etienne and Najee Harris go off last night to cash to over one and a half running backs in the first round bet there. But uh, you know, there's just so such a big drop off here. I think, uh, you know, these teams are going to want to get that last really great running back before we, we see the little bit of the cliff cliff uh you know it's a bit of a cliff uh drop off there so yeah. uh yeah so i, I kind of like uh you know it's only eight nine picks there in the the first uh you know, to, to start the second round there but i i kind of like it there i, I see it. enough teams there that could want a running back yeah miami too i think is is one of those yeah that's where the, the three, they four, had two you know, they Falcons. built up the line last year. They could say, hey, you know, this is a nice luxury pick. Now, Graham, uh, Javante Williams, um, what kind of player is he? Where would he fit? So uh, as we were talking, I just was looking through FanDuel. That's uh, Javante Williams under 41 and a half got hammered down to minus 170. And I think Tom. Oh, shit. Tom, yeah, Tom moved the line. Yeah. Yeah, Tom, Tom moved it the got line. hammered yeah. down to my, minus 170. I, I literally should. just went through all the props. Like, because I was, you know, I was doing yeah. the market report with Joe all day and just like 5, 530 there. And it was minus 138. So they yeah. must have gotten some late action here. Yeah, man, that should be at least minus 250. Um, but yeah, Javante Williams, like. Uh, he, he smashed yards created, leads this class in yards created per attempt, um, leads it missed tackles forced by a mile. Um, I, I always say pass protection really doesn't matter all that much in the NFL because you just don't really do it that often, especially when you're a good receiver. But if you're looking for a good pass protector, Javante Williams is easily the best in the class too. It's not um, a negative. Oh, God, God no, it's not. <laughs> you know. No, no, no. But I'm just, you know, it's one of those things where like most college backs suck at it coming in. And uh, it's, it's pretty rare for a guy like Williams to be able to, to have, you know, not only the technique, but the anticipation to pick up blitzers and stuff like he can. But uh, Falcons at 35. Fingers crossed, boys. But uh, uh, by the way, I'm, also, I'm also looking at the numbers here. Like running back is such a volatile position in the draft because I think so many teams look for something different. So like, you know, like last year, you'll see Edwards Alaire go before Jonathan Taylor. Or, you know, you'll have, you know, maybe a team had J.K. Dobbins rated higher than Edwards Alaire or something like that. I don't, this is incredible. Javante Williams, I'm looking at Bovada right now, is minus 1,600 to be the next running back taken. And like, yeah, I mean, it, maybe if you, you really like Trey Sermon, maybe that's, that's like, like he's plus 1,500. But That's Trevor Lawrence respect at the number one overall pick right Yeah, there. like seriously. <laughs> uh, Wes, Javante Williams, um, did you, uh, what, what did the tape tell you about him? Well, first of all, if I really like Trey Sermon, you should know better than that. Yeah, I know you really uh, like Trey Sermon. <laughs> yeah, and there is no cliff, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, There's... Sermon is I, – I was kind of looking at those numbers. Uh, he was like plus 1,200 to be the next back drafted, maybe – Maybe uh, somebody's thinking, showing. Right. Yeah, there's no. Different... I think it's Javante. I, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. They, don't be shocked when Trey Sermon is the next guy off the board. He will be. Well, Dude, I I, I was I was in the 
Steelers take a tackle sermon camp last night, but uh, obviously they did not do that. They're uh, they're going the opposite, taking Najee in the tackle here in the second round. So no, but I, I was with you there, Wes. Okay, good deal, good deal. Yeah. Um, and and I know I know Graham, he's on board as well, and and uh, you know Scott, he he thinks he's running from Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Scott. <laughs> uh, just being dramatic, but uh, uh, Javante, man, he's good. He's a uh, pookie. So, you know, linebacker mentality, he, uh, he, he dives, he dives right into the, into the contact and, you know, he's, he's a, he's a gap scheme guy and he's, he's right. He's right there with Trey Sermon as, as the best gap scheme guys in this class. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're both bruisers, the, the feet. I love the feet on both of them. I, I love, I love the hands, just the, the untapped potential receiving potential um, just to, just to, you know, kind of bring up the, the pass protection. It, it's, it's not so much that they, you know, they're not going to do it often, but let's, let's look at the scenario where you have a running back. He can't catch the ball and he can't block. If he's in the game, we know what's going to happen. Um, he's either going to just run a, a, a route that everyone knows he's not going to catch or they're going to hand off to him. But if that running back is able to actually catch the ball and he's able to actually pass protect, then you have to respect him as, a, as another weapon. It, it just adds another layer, another dynamic to the offense. It's subtle, I agree, but it, it, it's, it's those, those subtle differences that can make a huge difference in the outcome of the game. And and Javante, he he's he's developed that throughout uh, his career. It's it's not quite at the level of a Trey Sermon um, or Etienne, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, everyone loves Javante. I don't think you can watch the tape and and just not be enamored by the kid. Um, so let's let's switch gears a little bit here. And Tom, another one of your best bets is the Lions minus one thirty four to select a wide receiver. Now, I think a lot of people. Um, in Detroit, uh, the Lions fans were hoping for like a Devontae Smith. They instead go with Sewell. You know, that's a team that needs everything, so you can't really knock it. But then that brings me into something where I want to talk to Scott because I'm now looking at Elijah Moore to be minus 300 to be the next wide receiver taken. I gave a hot take on a podcast I was on last week, and I said I thought Elijah Moore was getting drafted in the top 20. Um, I'm a little surprised he fell out of the first round. Uh, but I can already tell you, it doesn't matter what team drafts them. Scott's going to name them the steal of the NFL draft. So uh, tell, talk to me about Elijah Moore. Who are some of the good spots here, uh, Scott, that, that you're eyeing up? Uh, yeah, it was a little disappointing based on draft capital. You know, you were hoping for yeah, round one. Rounder. I thought he would go round one. Wes and I are, you know, higher on him than just about anyone else in the industry. We both have him inside of our top four. Um so, you know, round one was a disappointment, but it was nice to see Rashad Bateman jump on a live grenade for him and wind up in a very unideal scenario. So where does he go next? I think Jacksonville would be in play unless, uh, except for the fact that they kind of tipped their hand. Dane Brugler on our podcast told me, look out for Elijah with their second pick. Uh, the Jets, I think that's still a real possibility. They have J-Mo Crowder in the slot, but I mean, you know, Elijah, I think, is head and shoulders above Jamison Crowder as a player. And, you know, that was he was a key part of the, the prior regime. Um, Atlanta's in play. Um, Philadelphia, probably not. I wouldn't 
be shocked. The Eagles could do anything. Detroit's definitely in play, though, Scott, I think. So I was going to say, like, the yeah. dream landing spot would be Detroit. But, I mean, they're, they're nine picks down. So, you know, you could mm. also see a team trade up for Elijah. Brett was saying last night, late last night, don't be shocked if New England comes up for him. Interesting. And, I mean – you know, he is a Bill Belichick doesn't have the best record with uh, wide receivers, but I mean, I, I could see a smart team making all of these other teams pay for passing on him. Yeah. I think his I mean, sweet spot for Elijah is 39 to 41. I think, I think between Carolina and Detroit, that, that that's the two spots. I think it's most, it's most likely to, to happen. I was just, I was just signing up the Panthers to us. Like, you know, they, they just lost Curtis Samuel. I think we talked about this last mm-hmm. night, but, you know, they lost Curtis Samuel as the underneath guy. He would fit right in. Um, and they're obviously trying to build around Darnold. They just gave him the Which fifth. I loved. I mean, we, yeah. you know. Why not? I, Give it a try, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it was a very good point made by, uh, shoot, who's the ESPN guy, the one that's been there forever? Kuiper. Kuiper? Kuiper, Mel Kuiper, excuse me. Um, I thought he made some good points because, you know, it just doesn't really matter what Zach Wilson does because – you know they didn't they didn't give they didn't give Darnold a shot they didn't give him his his fair shot uh, with a with a decent offense you know so I'm happy for him and then you know talking about Sewell going to Detroit I think I think that was a great pick because yeah I mean they're 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 in the can this year they suck but they're gonna they're gonna present something to to their quarterback next year that you don't usually see with the number one number two pick and that's a, a good really line. good offensive line. Yeah. And I mean, maybe Elijah Moore goes there and like, Scott, here's the thing. You're right. Like we, we're not enamored with Jared Goff or anything, you know, obviously the Rams aren't either, but it's not like he's, he's like a terrible, terrible quarterback. I mean, he's just boring and we've seen him produce numbers with Robert Woods and Cooper cup. And if Elijah Moore goes there, he could be a target hound there which would yeah. be far better than him landing with a better team in Baltimore that throws the ball four times a game. Yeah. We were drooling over Tennessee, plenty of vacated targets. We were drooling over green Bay, but I mean, Detroit's going to finish dead last this year. So you have to imagine they're, they, sh- they're going to be forced to lean pass heavy as much as those coaches might want to foolishly run the ball. Uh, and, you know, they have no receivers now he's immediately the alpha and yeah, I mean, just, an immediate producer. And that's what every town evaluator is saying is he's going to be an immediate producer. Mm -hmm. I see that. And for fantasy, I I see massive PPR upside. He averaged 10.8 catches per game last Mm -hmm. year. So, so PPR cheat code, especially in that offense. So fingers crossed that happens and it's not, you know, somewhere super gross, which it could be. Yeah. And and, I mean, it could be uh, new England trading up, by the way, keep in mind all the speculation the last couple days had been is new England going to go up into the, into the top 10 to get a quarterback is new England going to go up and to go get Mac Jones or Justin Fields. They didn't have to trade that pick. They did not have to trade it. Also. The one thing I will say about new England though, keep in mind, they don't have a third round pick because of Spygate too. Yeah. I was going to say, and they're, they're, they notoriously, you know, they they like to trade back. They don't, you know, they don't like to make too many moves up. They let the draft come to them, but yeah. I mean, Detroit would be a phenomenal location. You're, you're yeah. completely right. Brashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams are like the, the lead receivers at this point. Um, you know, you know, they, it could be a sneaky, decent offense. They're, they're bringing a soul in there. The, the offensive line is getting much stronger. I'm feeling a little bit better about Deandre Swift, even with Jamal Williams there. So, 
you know, there's a chance if he lands there, you know, he could easily lead that team in targets and, uh, you know, I, you know, he, he's going to be the wide receiver four if he uh, would land in that line spot. Yeah. Don't and forget I, I, Cephas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Cephas, right. Right. A Scots guy. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, let's now talk some of the other, like, I guess receivers. And let, let's use this to parlay because we have a question on our Rich S is asking, any thoughts about St. Brown to the Packers at 62? Right now, Ooh. I mean, the Packers are driving me nuts because – when, when it comes to fantasy, I want certainty. And I'm going to start drafting best ball on, on Sunday. And I, right now we have a team in the Packers who have two first round picks for fantasy. And I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Um, I can't imagine it. Well, Ian Rappaport put something out today, guys, where he said, Rogers needs this situation repaired to his liking. You know, at least he gave a hint, though, that there is a chance. Yeah, yeah, which I actually, Wes, I agreed with you. I I saw that, and I'm like, okay, this isn't – it's over. And yesterday it was, it's over. That was the talk. And there was that, and I mean, you got to pay him big time. I I mean, I I, I think Aaron Rodgers would like to see Jordan Love shoved into a sarcophagus. I think that's probably (laughs) – what, what he would like uh, at this point. But um, I think I, I, you guys probably know defensive players a little bit better than I do. I thought based on like Cosell's evaluation, what I've been seeing, I thought they reached for Burns at 30, the, the corner from Georgia. Um, he's he's, he's, got a, that, he's so yeah, fast, man. Yeah, Mouth-watering so athleticism. But he, but he has he, – his technique is a little wonky. Yeah. Um, what is they, all, they obviously see somebody a player that they can coach though i think yeah if you're going to take him in that spot you know it we don't see there's there's such a there's such a disparity in talent in the nfl at cornerback that you can have flaws and still be a great corner uh compared to you know the other corners in the league mm-hmm. um and because you know, if, if if even if it say you're on a team and you're you know you do have some deficiencies, if you're if you're good enough, you're fast enough, you're you're athletic enough to make a play, a quarterback's not going to target target you as much because he can pick on other guys. So it makes your numbers look so much better. What Wes? What do you think of him? Uh, like, how do how do you think he plays along with Alexander? Because I think Alexander's like on that precipice of becoming a shutdown corner. Well, he might already it, be. Yeah, no, Alexander's one of the, the top four cornerbacks okay. uh, in the league, five maybe. Uh, but, man, it, I think it, it, it adds a nice layer, but, you know, because they play mostly zone, mostly uh, uh, cover four. And so we'll see. Um, it, what, did, just, what did Stokes predominantly play in Georgia? I believe they played cover three. I okay. believe I'd have to look that up. Uh, I believe they're mostly zone. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I want to parlay this into Rich's question though. Like, um, what about Amon Ross St. Brown at 62? Wes, this is, this is your territory. Cause you love Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, he says, is that too early? I know Amon Ross St. Brown could go in the thirties right now. And I would not think it's too early for him. Well, look at the names at wide receiver that are still well, first out and there. foremost. Just look at the name. Amon Ross St. Brown is an elite. Yeah. Name. Yeah. So yeah. But no, anyway, I, yeah, wax poetic. It, like, there's there's several guys that are still on the board. Obviously, Elijah Moore, but like Daami Brown, 
uh, Rondell Moore. And then, of course, we don't really know the deal with Terrace Marshall just yet. But, uh, you know, and then Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, the names here. And then, you know, Tylen Wallace. These are these are guys that that are borderline first rounders that, you know, if you go back to before Wallace tore his ACL, uh, he was a, everyone thought he was going to be a first rounder. And uh, so, I mean, these are all guys that there is no question. Every single one of them could go in the second round and they're going to be great values. Uh, you know, just not, maybe not Marshall because of his, his injury uh, concern, but I, you know, I love St. Brown. He's uh, he's, he's got some of the best footwork at, yeah. in the entire class. Uh, I, I love him in the slot. He can play outside, you know, he's versatile, but you know, you're pro- you're going to end up with, with him in the slot. And, uh, but Scott likes him too. So yeah. uh, not really, I, honestly. Uh, oh, I my, thought you did. My pre combine model uh, was sort of divided on him. I mean, he did put up very similar production to Michael Pittman at USC at a younger age, which you like to see, but it wasn't anywhere near on the level of the top seven wide receivers I had in this class. And then the athleticism, he was solid everywhere except the 40 where he was especially underwhelming given his light mm-hmm. weight. Everyone expected him to be a lot heavier. So by my ranks, he's low, but, but where do I like him? I like him because Wes loves him. Greg Cassell loves him. Yeah. Danny Kelly loves him. So all the smart people I talked to who spent a lot of time watching film, Brett Whitefield as well, right. really yeah. loved him. So I, I mean, my ranks are, 95% a function of that first pre-combine model and then a slight adjustment based on athleticism. And I stuck to that, but yeah, the, the people, the film watchers, I respect, love him. So yeah, you know, he I, was, I think he was a tape watchers wide receiver. And I think Tylen Wallace was a tape watchers wide receiver too. Um, uh, I thought it was funny though, Wes, that Cosell comped him to another, USC wide receiver and and Scott you said St. Brown had good athleticism anywhere but the 40 well it's funny that Cosell comped him to a USC wide receiver who had not did not have good athleticism when he came out in Robert Woods like he thought he won in similar ways as Robert Woods and I thought that was a pretty fascinating comp well and then he didn't he also say Keenan Allen yes that's another guy subpar athleticism when yeah. when I, I was I went back and I, I was reading some of the the draft reports on Keenan Allen and they were like, oh this guy he's got he's got everything you want route running the feet the the shiftiness but he just doesn't have the vertical speed to to win at the NFL level and I mean it's just it's 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 something that you you see a lot you know because it's so hard to project guys that don't have that top end speed but uh, you know it it's like Scott says about when in his athleticism, uh, you know, to, you know, kind of, is it, is it overrated is you just keep weeding out guys to the point where you end up with some guys that they aren't top athletes, but they've been, they're the really good football players. And, but, you know, the thing is with St. Brown is, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the vertical speed, but man, he's got everything else. And, and he breaks, he's not somebody that he doesn't, I I can't tell you how many he caught, but it was, he caught like five go routes or something his entire career at USC. And that's because he uses his routes to do his work. He uses his breaks where he's got that functional strength to turn. Whereas the cornerback just cannot make a turn that quick. And he's already off into his route. Why? And he separation instant. And, and it just gives his, gives his quarterback a target. 
I love St. Brown. I, I am so excited about him. I have him in, in like every Debbie league that I'm in. Uh, so I, I'm just to- all in on the guy. He, he feels like somebody Aaron Rodgers to get to bring Rich's point full circle would love though. Yeah. Like somebody who's going to come into the league and already know how to set up corners. You know, that's, uh, I think that's probably like a pick that, that they would love. And, you know, right now I'm looking at, looking at odds here, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say, plus, his, what, 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 what are you seeing there? Plus 1100. So yeah, his, it, his draft position, I think it opened up in that mid sixties range, right around where the Packers were. And it's, I, I haven't seen anything today. They, they must have taken all the some of those guys down the uh, the secondary receivers, but his number was drifting up. It was mm-hmm. it was I believe up to like seventy eight and a half, seventy nine and a half before it got taken down. You know, over the over the last couple of days. Yeah. So what uh, are the numbers on Diami Brown? Yeah, uh, Brown is plus nine fifty. He's the guy so. that was moving up. Uh, yeah. By I, the I think, numbers, I think St. Brown's problem was kind of what you guys were all hitting on there that he doesn't necessarily excel in one area. He just does everything well, pretty well. And yeah. I, you know, these, you know, talent evaluators, they want to lean on something. And I, I think that's kind of been the one knock on him. And that's why his number, you know, has fallen 10 to 15 spots. Well, uh, if you look at the entire USC, the roster of USC receivers, it's one of the most talented group of receivers in college football. Their numbers fell across the board. It's the offense that they're playing playing in. Graham Harrell has been the offensive coordinator two years. It's his first two years as an offensive coordinator. And it's some of the most wasted talent in all of college football. He the way he distributes his targets, he's using a six foot five guy in the slot who and he's using Amon Ra St. Brown outside. It, it makes no sense the way he has his. Uh, his for his alignments. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying he doesn't, he's not going to be able to turn things around. He's got that air raid background as a former quarterback, but um, I, there's something to it. And, and even with, even with a really good quarterback in Caden Slovis that, that has NFL potential that he, it's, he's holding back that offense right now. Isn't Keaton Slovis a Tyler Childers song, probably? <laughs> What's that song? Oh, yeah, yeah. banded Clovis. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway, Wes, according to the numbers, and like this is this is strictly a who's going to be the next wide receiver taken. But according to the betting markets, if you were to rank these, the order is Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, who apparently has medicals. Yeah. So Foot like and knee injuries. Yeah. So that's interesting because I actually mocked him to the Ravens in the first round of our staff mock draft before I heard about the medicals. And they did too. I think the Ravens were on him until the, the, because they're still getting medical reports today. Like they still don't have all the medical reports on guys and they're still getting them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Marshall was, um, I got him at over 37 and a half like four or five days ago, and he's shot up to like over 55 and a half. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I saw his numbers like 51 yeah. or 55. Yeah. Yep. He's, yeah. he's going to – he's right there at the back half of that. I mean, keep in mind – now, not no two medical reports are the same. Yeah. But keep in mind that DK Metcalf slipped to pick 62 because of medicals. Well, his neck, he had a, he had a neck injury. They said he was done. His career was over. Yeah. And that's when Elijah Moore got his first start, actually. Oh, by the way, Wes, 
I loved your constant references to the piss six because <laughs> I had totally forgotten that that was Elijah Moore. Yeah, you yeah. did that. Well, it wasn't okay. So he's the one that's getting the knock. DK did it the year before, didn't get flagged. Yeah, and then Od- Odell Beckham did it two months before that, didn't get flagged. So Elijah, oh. he, he he picked the wrong time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it goes Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall at plus five hundred. So Moore is a heavy favorite. Um, Rondale Moore yeah. at plus 850. There's a fascinating player. Yeah. Um, uh, then Diami Brown at plus 950. And then St. Brown at plus 1100. So if, 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 if that betting market could be analyzed as this is the order they're expected to go in, um, that would be the round. But those guys there, I don't know about Marshall only because of the, the medicals, yeah. but I would expect all those guys to be second round picks tonight. Not, not, I, I, I think they'll all go tonight. Curious. I think I would say they're all second round picks. Who's next on the list? Just curious. Uh, the next on the list is a three way tie between Cornell Powell, Tylen Wallace, Love and Powell. Dwayne Eskridge. I like those, man. I'm surprised that uh, Anthony Schwartz isn't in that. Well, yeah. I saw Rap Sheet mention him. Yeah, he did. As somebody who's going to, because he's got that one thing that you can't teach and he can fucking fly. Oh my goodness. And I like, um, and, and speaking of that, that, that drives me nuts. Uh, Bo Nix is the college quarterback that the media would have you believe is good. Oh and my he just God. absolutely sucks. Everybody, the oh. way people talk about Bo Nix, like, oh, Bo Nix, he won a big game in his first game. There his dad go. used to play there. And oh my yeah. gosh, please, it, that, that just, I, I don't even have him ranked in my Debbie rankings. Oh, yeah. And I, I've, I mean, I've ranked like, a lot of guys. <laughs> and it, it, like, that's the funny part is like, because I read Cosell's like, Schwartz is going to get knocked because he played in a bad offense with a bad quarterback. Yeah. You want to comp? You want to comp for Bo Nix? Shea oh, Patterson. Oh, <laughs> oh God. He was that's Jesus. Bo Nix. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that too, because everybody talked about Shea Patterson like he was fucking John Elway too. Well, you know, when they're coming out of high school, it, it's hard because, you know, the, the, yeah. a lot of these guys come from smaller schools where there's, you know, they're, they're not playing the, that great a competition. Mm-hmm. So you see guys like, you know, uh, uh, shoot, uh, uh, what's his name? Christian, Christian um, Hackenberg. Hackenberg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as a four star, the next thing, because, you know, he played against a bunch of scrubs, but he can't throw he can't throw the ball to the slot without overthrowing his guy by three yards, you know. Um, and, and, you know, and that's the same with, with Patterson just played, played, I mean, he had yeah. some decent competition, but well, you know, the good thing about it is, is we have four years of college to, to look at these guys and no, Shea Patterson sucks. Bo Nix uh, sucks. Yeah. Sucks. He's so bad. And like, I will say Cosell also, like I, I, I've, I've been reading his reports for a while. He hates Gus Malzahn's offense. I was just, I was just about to say Malzahn's offense yeah. is, hasn't involved in, 10 years so well he's I mean, not there anymore thing. so you don't have to worry about it yeah yeah um uh by the way we have a question from youtube where did we guys rank Kadarius tony for dynasty because i know the giants were in on Devonte smith uh scott you're you're a giant guy you he's not a tony guy though <laughs> where does Kadarius tony rank for dynasty for you i think we put him in the 40s of our dynasty rankings and I don't really, I can't really knock that right now because I, I'm still not, I, I, I feel like Danny Dimes is a little mid to borrow a term from the kids. Um, Scott, where, where do you have Kadarius Tony right now? 
Yeah, so ADP uh, consensus wide receiver 10, Dynasty community really hates him because of the lack of the breakout age and things like that. Um, I had him wide receiver eight in my ranks, really good athleticism. You know, if he was a Juco transfer, let's say where I only fo focused on last year, he could have been a top five prospect for me. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so wide receiver eight, a big reason for that was the projected draft capital, which we saw. Uh, I watched the post-draft presser with Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. Uh, you really see the Belichick influence there where Judge didn't give us anything. And then Gettleman was typical Gettleman where he's a very likable, like an infectious personality. Oh yeah, but, you mm -hmm. listen to him you listen to him talk and you're like, I, I really would want to play in this guy's organization. I, he just is like a charismatic, like a, like a Boston Robert De Niro, mm -hmm. but uh, he's extremely unprofessional. He, he, he forgot the details of the trade with Chicago. He kept like, had this nervous tick where he kept like banging on the table and the mic picked it up and it, you couldn't hear anything he was saying. And he like bullied the reporters. Like every reporter came off as like incredibly cowardly where they're, they're like right, two questions, but they're really quick. I'm sorry. Two questions really quick. I promise. And then like this other, uh, 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 was this a tough call for you? Was there a tear here or he was the next guy in the pick? Okay, thank you. And it's like, I wonder how much of that is preconditioning where he just like yeah. bullies these guys. But anyway, they didn't give us anything of substance. Uh, they did sort of hint that he is a little bit of a de developmental prospect where we shouldn't count on a lot year one, but the, the upside is sky high, which is what Brett was talking about last night. You know, he was a quarterback all throughout high school. His first year as a starter was last year, and he was lights out. And there was a big difference in his play from week one to week six. Um, it's just tough. I mean, it, yeah. the landing spot's not great. The prospect has a lot of red flags. But, yeah, I mean, probably around wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight. Among the rookies. Among the rookies in this yeah. class, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you're right. Elijah Moore, depending on landing spot, you could have him far above. Kadarius Tony, despite yeah. the draft capital. Now, Wes, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he do a ton of his damage, if not all of it, from the slot this year? Yeah, yeah, he's going to yeah. play in the slot, and he did he did a ton of, of of his work additionally in in the in the flats. Yeah, so, so R.I.P. Sterling Shepard. Yeah, they just freed Sterling Shepard because Golden Tate's gone, and then they drafted another slot receiver. My biggest well, thing is like from a positional value standpoint, right? They just paid Kenny Galladay all this money. You know, Evan Ingram finally came along a little bit the, you know, late in the year. They used him more in the slot. Like why, you know, I loved the trade back. Like Gettleman finally did it. Like he finally broke free and traded back. Next year and that was an, a, yeah, it was an awesome pick. Yeah, he got it. Yeah, I mean, he picked up a 2022-1. Uh, got a couple mm -hmm. picks this year for it too, but like, I, you know, you, you do all that and then you kind of negate it by taking Tony maybe five or six spots ahead of where he should have gone. I, I wonder if I wonder if the Giants like knew the, the Saints were in on him or the Packers were in on him and they didn't want to like, you know, chance to let him slide. But mm -hmm. I, the thing just, is, I just they, struggled with that pick. They they didn't have that type of receiver on their roster. So their offensive line is just it's trash right now. And and all they have, they have vertical receivers. They don't have yards after the catch guys, guys that that uh, that uh, Jones can just throw to the flat and then they can they can just create their own offense. They don't have those guys. So they had to do something 
to, yeah. to pull the attention away, you know, pre to prevent Jones from having to, you know, target receiver, his fast guys downfield. And that's something that Shepard can't do. He's not a, he's not a throw the ball to the flat and, you know, watch him go type guy. That's Saquon what they get is though. Tony. Yeah, no. And, and, but that's the thing by having Saquon and Tony, yeah. it gives their, it gives another dimension to their offense that they didn't have. It's, it, I think, I think it was a very smart move. I know Scott doesn't love it. And I, and I, I feel sorry for him because, you know, it must suck to be a giants fan and so, <laughs> as bad as they've been recently. And, you know, I used, I, I used to be there with the dolphins until, you know, they, they finally got a new, um, a new, a new coaching staff that I absolutely love right now. Uh, Wes, I should have noticed by the Gators uh, uh, jacket that you'd be simping for uh, Kadarius Tony today. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'm not, a, I'm not an LSU fan. I'm not a Florida fan. I did, I did grow up in Florida, but I, yeah. I wear all kinds of gear. Yeah. Oh, I figured. Um, yeah. uh, we got a, we got, by the way, on Elijah Moore, uh, we have um, Mike Triplett who, uh, who obviously has covered the saints for a long time. Scott, we, they, we just got this dropped in discord by font. Um, Mike, and I think he's just merely suggesting this. I don't think he's reporting it, but he suggested the Saints as a trade-up spot for Elijah. Ooh, that would be a good one. Didn't we? Didn't we talk about that last night? Uh, I think we talked about it a few well, weeks. Maybe ago. the Saints. No, no, no. Last pick. night we talked about it last night, and uh, okay. I can't remember if it was me or Brett that said that said, "What about the Saints? What if yeah, the they, Saints end up getting more?" They'd have to come up super far because they're at sixty. So yeah, but that's what the Saints do. They traded True. their entire draft for Adam Troutman last year. Yeah. Wait, their wait, wait, Scott. Three, yeah. Scott, say his name the right way. Trout God. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm you guys are in on year. Troutman yeah, this year. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I like too. Troutman too. Um. Uh, okay. Uh. So let's. Uh. uh I want to get Tom Brawley involved here. Uh. T. Bro. Yes. The running backs on the list here. Uh, oh, actually, let's ask this question first because we got Rich in the chat uh, asking about how disappointing, essentially, is the ETN landing spot for Dynasty? I mean, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how the rest of the class kind of shakes out here. But, you know, I, I imagine he's going to be behind Javante Williams, you know, depending on, you know, as long as he doesn't land in a yeah, disastrous um, spot. Williams here. lands with like the Jets, yeah. Atlanta. Any or... of those teams that we talked about, yeah. you know, in the first 10 picks, you know, you know, Miami would be a great spot. So, yeah, this is <laughs> – he's going to be fascinating because, you know, I could even see Carlos Hyde being a little bit involved next year oh. with Urban Meyer, you know, and Daryl Bevel. Like, I, I, I'm really concerned that this could be a three-back kind of rotation here next year. Let me okay. So I, I watch a lot of Ohio. I watch every Ohio State game, and I've rewatched every Ohio State game going back to uh, the last year that Urban was there. Um, and I paid particular attention to that because I was kind of looking at what what type of offense did he run. Um, of course, he had Ryan Day as his offensive coordinator, but I wanted to see what type of offense he was running just to kind of know what we could expect with the Jaguars. And and look, he is not stupid. If Carlos Hyde is 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 the only healthy running back, sure, he's going to get the ball. This is going to be a James Robinson and Travis Etienne one-two punch with a, a touch of Carlos Carlos Hyde just to keep the other two fresh. He's not going to run James Robinson into the ground. I think that's very smart. That was stupid what they did to James Robinson last year. I don't care how good he is. Well, look what he look what happened to him at the end of the year. He couldn't even play. Funny. Wes, that you said this was stupid, 
Um, I I told with John Hansen mocked ETN to the Jaguars in our staff yeah. mock, and I almost was yep. like, John, there's no fucking way. Even if they were at 33 too, you know, just the fact that even going with 25, you know, you can get a little bit better. You know, there's more guys available at 25. Yeah, I I, I thought the same thing, and then boom, and Etienne goes to the Jaguars. John was. John was celebrating on our text thread last night. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> speaking hey, of, I don't just be went surprised to... if McCaffrey, if that the Panthers end up adding another running back oh, no. to pair with McCaffrey. Oh, don't no. be surprised. Oh, no. <laughs> don't I'm, be surprised. I'm, I know, Wes, you're a little higher on Darnold than I am, but going back to the quarterback position, yeah. is Denver yet another team that's going to try to talk its fan base into Teddy Bridgewater? I mean... I don't think I don't think any of us can can really give answers for Denver because they've just been are they not the worst uh what what did you say about them last night Graham the the worst uh QB they have uh, they have no clue how to evaluate quarterbacks exactly no clue couldn't say like, it any better that's yeah. your answer who do you guys Wait. think starts day one uh week one Teddy Teddy, Teddy. do you think it's Teddy? Teddy? that's what they're Teddy. Joe's Joe said it they're trying to talk everyone into thinking that Teddy I mean, is the guy Here's the dumbest thing about the whole Broncos passing up fields at nine, right? This team, their offensive line is slightly above average. They have maybe top five, top six weapons cumulatively. Their defense is fantastic. Great front seven, great secondary. Kyle Fuller has been one of the most underrated corners in the league. This team, I mean, shit, Drew Locke could start, and this team could go, I don't know, whatever, seven and ten this year. They have, they're not going to be remotely close to drafting one of the top quarterbacks next year or 2023 just they based on the way they built yeah. the rest of this the way they built the rest of this roster. They're, they would never have a chance to get a, a transcendent talent like Phil, like Fields any anytime soon unless they make a big trade. And I, them mortgaging their future on the triumvirate of freaking Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke is just Ah, man, I, you know, it's just it's one of those things where it like negates all their their positive moves. Now, I yep. will say Teddy Bridgewater, he's a good QB, too. He is. Right. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy to have on your roster. Maybe he'll have a positive effect on Drew Locke. But I'm sorry, Drew Locke is he's he's shown us his entire college career and now several seasons in the NFL that he just can't play against all coverage types. He's what? a cover three guy only. He is the Teddy Bridgewater is the quintessential guy that like if your starter gets hurt and you need him to start four or five games, he just like what we saw with the Saints that got him paid with the Panthers, he can come in and be fine for four or five games. But you do not ever want, yeah, you never want him to have him go into your season as your starter. He's not going to sell tickets for you. Not yeah, that's for sure. I just yeah, he's just, I mean, he is like the quintessential. He might be one of the thirty-two best quarterbacks in the league. But he's like 26. Yeah. Like he's not he's a starter. Yeah. Competitive. Yeah, I, I was just doing a little bit of legwork for my team previews and stuff for the summer. And, uh, you know, they're 0 and 8 in one score games last year. Eight different chances. He had the ball in his hands on the final drive of the game within a one score game and never led him to a victory in those eight chances. So I mean, well, how many of those Teddy did Bridget. he have? I mean, he was good enough to keep him close and competitive in, in the game, but yeah. couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't punch one in on that one of those final drives there. I mean, yeah, it was just, I, it just, I, that was the biggest I, I, shock I, of the first round. 
that Denver passed on a quarterback. Well, you know what's funny about that, Wes, though, is like, first and foremost, I think J.C. Horn was a shock, too. Like, going before Sertan. Joe, he started getting some buzz. Yeah, there. he did. He started I don't know getting if some it buzz. was a shock. Yeah. But I, I tell you who was, who was pissed off was Dallas. Yeah, they see two quarterbacks go off right in front of them. So oh, Dallas gets pissed. I mean, it changed the entire first round. I mean, because- they, they reacted perfectly, though. I mean, they yeah. they knew the Eagles wanted a receiver, and you know they, they were able to move back and still get oh, I thought- know, their, their fallback plan. They, they played it perfect for getting the rug pulled out from under. I, I think I think they, they – I mean, I, I think in an ideal world, Tom, they would have been able to stay there and take Sertan or Horn. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. they reacted properly though. Whenever they yeah, they got the Eagles to give the yep. pick, and you know, I don't think Eagles this. fans are upset with that trade. The, the the people who I think are Giants fans, uh, but it was just kind of interesting. Th- those two picks there were the picks that really, y- yeah, you're right. With, with the Sertan was was the pick that really changed a whole lot of things in that first round. Well, speaking of first round cornerbacks, there's still one on the board, and I I would say is going to be one of the top three picks coming up and and i'd like to see him go with the first um and that's that's uh uh uh, asante samuel deuce deuce jr um yeah i think i i think the jaguars are favored to take heavy heavy favorites to take corner yeah that would be stupid if they passed up on this guy this kid he's got he started three full years at, at florida state was i mean as as consistent as it gets maybe he's a little bit smaller than you know, you, you, you know, you want your, your guys, your first rounders to be six foot. And that's probably why he dropped, but gosh, I love this kid. I yeah. do. I, he's, he's just as talented. Well, you know, I'm not going to put him up there with the other guys, but he's a first round talent is what I should yeah, say. Yeah. I want to do, um, look at Cosell's scouting report of him, because I think that was the, the thing he mentioned. And that's not like breaking ground to say that, like the one concern is his size. I mean, I think that's what Joe, I was I was looking at Cosell's uh, profiles this morning, just going through props, and he's that's exactly what he said. He he was questioning, like in his transition part, he was questioning whether or not Samuel can be yeah. an outside guy or is he strictly in the slot. And I think he kind of came around that he might just be slot long term. But I mean, he's freaky athletic, yeah. so he and I mean, fit. but he also well, mentioned in here that in college he absolutely yeah. showed outside man coverage traits. Right. The only right. question is, will that be a problem against bigger NFL receivers? Um, yeah. Well, you know, they, they, the, the Jaguars, they won the lottery on one guy last year, and that was Sidney Jones, who was a, a first-round guy when he was coming out of Washington, but re- tore up his knee. And it was his up, Achilles, actually, because the Eagles took him. So that's right, that. Achilles, yeah. And then, and then he ended up missing his entire first – that's right, yeah. I, I, I should ask you about him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but uh, he, was, he was great before he got hurt last year. He was their best cover guy. The Eagles haven't developed a fucking cornerback since Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown. So, you yeah. know, so, so, but with Henderson and Jones, the, the ability to play them outside, yeah. adding Samuel to play in the slot. I mean, yeah. play, I mean, be you need three cornerbacks in this league. There's yeah. everyone's playing. Everyone's playing. That, that's that's base defense spread. now. Yeah. You know, like that is base defense, right? Yeah. Four, two, four, two, five is base defense. Yep. And some teams play dime as base. You I have mean, to yeah. with, with, with the wide receivers that are coming up, man. You, you know, it was interesting from a defensive spot. Is this a Wusu Koromoa who yeah, is like a big safety? Yeah. Yeah. He's I'm surprised, fascinating. I'm surprised he, he didn't go in the first as yeah, well. Yeah. I wonder if it was just like the teams thought he was maybe a little bit too much of a tweener. 
Yeah. But I mean, but you know, safety it's, it's uh, Trevor Morgue is another guy that, that I was a little surprised yeah. uh, didn't go in the first. Man, but, there are so many good players available here. If you need defensive help. I mean, no safeties went in the first. That's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Wes, Wes, do you think uh, Morgue is a good fit with the Falcons? Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, okay. I mean, you could you could name you could name ten guys that say, okay. that are a good okay. fit with the Falcons. That, that, I'm asking for my wallet's purposes. Yeah, yeah that, 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 everybody's like, uh, it's like the Lions too. The only, like, all the right, only you, thing I would the only thing I would say against that is if Javante's there, you know, yeah. do they bite? And and that would be my big concern. Um, but yeah, they have nothing at safety. Uh, they just they just let Keanu Neal just walk out the door, which which was. Yeah, he was like their only good, literally their only oh, good player left. So I'm gonna be maybe maybe you guys will argue with me. I think all the quarterbacks left stink. Yeah, there, you're not. You don't have it. There's no day one ready quarterback left on the board. Well, which I mean, Mond, Mond is Mond is the guy who, if like you had to tell me one of these guys would become a decent starter, it would probably be Kellen Mond. You know, yeah. I love Kellen Mond. I yeah. I do. I love Kellen Mond. I, I just I, he's not gonna come in and and yeah, he could start next year, but he's yeah, like gonna, Dak Prescott did, where like. I mean, Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's, I just think he needs a little more. Yeah. I, um, I know Cosell flat out, like the only time I read this in all of Cosell's profiles this year was he said, Davis Mills made a mistake entering the draft. Yes. 11 games. Yeah. yeah 11 yes. games. That's all you're giving us. Goodness. Yeah. That's I mean, almost like you, Mr. Mr. Trubisky have... came out on 13 starts. Cosell hated Trubisky when he yeah. came out. Yeah. But at least with Trubisky and with Trey Lance, at least they had some really good results. Yeah. Now, Davis Mills didn't do anything, man. I mean, right. I, I found a few situations that he did well in, but man, I, I'm, I am not, I don't care what he was rated as coming out of high school. I don't care. He's, he has no mobility. Uh, people say he's more athletic than you think. No, he's not. He's, he's about as athletic as Mac Jones. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not knocking Mac, but he's nowhere near the quarterback. Mac Jones. Yeah. Mac Jones is Mac Jones is good. Yeah. He's and, good and, at what he does. Yeah. He, but and that's he's not a mobility mobile. Wow. Guy. So, so Joe, you hate Justin Fields then? No, wow. I do not hate Justin. <laughs> I just said Mac Jones is good. Mac, oh my God. That's so nuts. And I know like people just get their panties in a wad because all right, that was the sexist term. People get, people get angry. Um, when uh, like when you say hey mac jones might be a decent prospect and he is a decent prospect only because people got all worked up about the 49ers trading up for mac jones and what that means and they didn't even take mac jones joe you just saw what the nfl thinks of mac jones yeah he slid all the way to 15 nobody moved denver traded for teddy bridgewater that's a great value yeah Yeah. (laughs) no i like the pick for it's a great pick yeah not knocking the pick whatsoever i'm just saying that's what the nfl thought of him you know oh speaking of mac jones oh my god how uh, did you i sent you guys the uh the mac jones trevor lawrence hair swap oh god yeah, yeah. Jones is a, that was a little freaky. <laughs> that was a little freaky. Yeah, <laughs> he was um, a model. When Wes, I'm pop, Wes, I'm popping it into Slack right now. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence does not look right with long hair. Sunshine, Sunshine should should keep the long hair yeah. there. Uh, he Wes, he uh, Wes I put it in the uh, sunshine, in the, um, the way. multimedia <laughs> section. Okay, you sunshine, said? sunshine. Yeah. You hear what Wes said, and Wes is so amazing with this. He knows yeah. like the He's most wild. random tidbits <laughs> about every single player. He said Mac Jones was a, a child model. He was a model, yeah. For what? oh, Mac he, Jones was. He was I thought you were talking about Trevor. 
No, no, I said like a hand model. Forever, it looks like he spawned to Sunshine, so he is not. He's not approving that nickname. He goes by T Law or Trevor or. I just love. I just love the brawly chic that Mac Jones walks around with. That is crazy. He looks like a girl. Were those Mac Jones' sisters last night? Woo. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, when they popped Tom on the screen, when they, around his... <laughs> Tom, when they popped on the screen, my eyes were glued there. For yeah. 30 there was a brunette and a blonde. I was like, oh, I did not expect that. Um, and anyway, I live here in uh, upstate South Carolina. Uh, we are getting a ton of Jaguars games here next year. I can tell you. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was yeah. like, uh, I think that's why uh, the Panthers were so heavily rumored to get Deshaun Watson, only because I think I think uh, Tepper knows the marketing power of having a Clemson star. It's just you know, Deshaun. So you'll get Jaguars games over Titans games. What's uh, oh the, 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 the guys we get here are um, the Falcons. Atlanta, and Carolina. Yeah, you get Atlanta. You that's get Atlanta bad. before you get Titans. Atlanta, you know what? Atlanta is actually a fun local team because of Kyle Pitts now. Like yeah. I'm okay with what Atlanta did. Just like Matt Ryan thinks he has a few good years left. Shit, let him go out there and try to score 60 points a game. Yeah, now well, the, the, way they protect the Julio trade rumors don't make any sense either now. No, they don't make sense to me now. If maybe, but I mean, like, if they, they traded back, I, I would Fields, buy it. Yeah. Like, are you going to trade Julio when you're drafting a young quarter? At this point, like, what are you going to get for Julio is my question. You know, it's like when Kyle Pitts was like, there's the first four picks are going to be quarterbacks. I think there's a lot of shade being thrown out by Atlanta intentionally. And I think one of those, we're going to trade Julio Jones. We're going to, we don't know who we're taking at number yeah. four. I think yeah. Atlanta is, is they're, they're buying into that, um, that, you know, war room type persona. And that, that's, that's what they were doing, making sure nobody tried to, tried to, uh, uh, you know, tr- well, and then, and then here's the thing that I think they were considering trading out if they, if they could get enough capital, but, yeah, uh, I love that pick, man. Kyle Pitts. It, it's man. great. Um, Cincinnati takes Jamar Chase, and you know Cincinnati's almost certain. I mean, what are the chances Cincinnati doesn't take an offensive lineman here? <laughs> they're, I think they're minus four hundred. I was, I was yeah. like, oh, that's it. I know I'm not going to bet on this, but on the off chance it's anything under minus two hundred, yeah. I'm going to. Then it was like, like minus four hundred. I mean, would it be considered <laughs> malpractice at this point if they didn't? Well, it, it played out perfectly for them. I mean, when we were talking last night, uh, me, Scott, and Wes were, and they skipped over Sewell. I was at first, I was like, "Damn, you know, I thought we might see an offensive line run at the end of the, the first round." That didn't happen. Now you're sitting with like four or five guys that are all probably top forty rated players. Honestly, it worked out perfectly for them. Perfect. Yeah, they could, they could go dis- interior. They could go tackle here. I mean, there's they got options. Yeah, I was Genius. having this discussion with one of my friends. They're like, it's the, like the Steelers dilemma. Do you take the first running back? And the tenth best tackle, or do you take the fifth best tackle with the fifth best running back? And it's the Bengals were kind of in the same boat. Yep. Do you take yeah. the best receiver and like the sixth best tackle? They were just go, in a much better spot, and the yeah. board fell well for them too. Yes. Because now apparently Jenkins has medicals. Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, that guy's a goddamn lawnmower. <laughs> See, that's the, the kind of stuff we just don't know until yeah. it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had him as my number five uh, offensive lineman. Tom, well, I, did you like I, I, had the, I had the Jenkins prop. I had Elijah Moore. Those were the two. Did you uh, have a Dar- Did you like Darisol West? No, I liked Vera Tucker better than Darisol. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, I, I didn't rank them that way, but uh, I, I never. I didn't go back and change my offensive you line know, rankings in a while. And the offensive I like, line I like rankings Cosmo are too. so. 
as a matter of fact, when I've been, I love the offensive line discourse because like, I, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a passion project watching and scouting offensive linemen. I love reading Cosell. And, and this is the funny part, Wes, because um, Cosell didn't think there was a meaningful difference between Sewell and Darisol. Now he thought, I think wow. he thought, I think he thought Sewell wow. was a better prospect, but like, I sure as hell don't think he thought there was a 16 pick difference between the two. But then I also, when I was texting Greg last night, I told him Darisol had groin surgery, which I well, think probably played into a little bit of his slip. Yeah. And the thing, the thing about it as well is, is you got to consider that Darisaw prior to 2020, he was nobody, right? Yeah. Then Sewell didn't even play last year. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like he didn't, and, and we don't have a lot of snaps to really look at Sewell. So, I, I mean, I can understand that where, where uh, Greg can go in and look yeah. at, at these guys and say, you know, I'm, I'm not really that blown away by Sewell because, you know, we didn't, we didn't get to see that, that age 21 season, you know? Yeah. Or that yeah, age twenty just, season. Only we only saw him as a teenager. That's all we saw from Sewell. Joe, has has Greg given you anything else in regards to you know possible fits that he especially liked or his uh, you know I haven't I haven't left? done that. I only texted him once last night because like I was surprised how far Darisol fell, and I was just struck when I watched that how good a value the Vikings got for that yeah. pick. Yeah. So Greg was, was a, still up when you texted him. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the, the Darisol pick, but um, <laughs> but I was just like, I mean, uh, very clearly, Wes. I mean, the Jets thought Vera Tucker was better than Darisol too. Yeah, it was. I love that pick yeah. by the Jets, the, guys. The Jets, the Jets are crushing right now. Yeah, uh, I right mean, now <laughs> they are. We'll see what they do here at thirty-six, but or, yeah. uh, or thirty-four. I mean, but yeah. feels so I, weird I admitting their, that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I'm totally, that trade up for Vera Tucker was awesome. Um, yeah, it's uh, I didn't know if they got look, well, like I don't know if they got great value for it, but like for instance, I, I texted you guys today. If they draft Javante Williams, I'm all in on Javante Williams. Oh yeah, they drafted um, uh, uh, Mackay Becton last year. They they got Vera Tucker. Yeah. I'm in on that. You got Salah, you got LaFleur running the Shanahan scheme. And then Vera Tucker can play guard. He can play tackle. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what they do with them. Um, yeah, I, 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 if I were a Jets fan, I'd be pretty excited right now. Yeah, rightfully well, so. It, it is a little concerning, though, that 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 LaFleur comes in and he's got, like, one of the bottom offensive lines in the league. I mean, of course, we don't know what Vera Tucker is going to do. I'm, I'm pretty high on him. But the thing is, is, mm -hmm. is they're going to – last year they ran a ton of, of uh, ace or um, posse personnel, 11 personnel, and, and this year they're going to switch to the ace personnel, the heavy, the 12. And it's how, – how, how is that transition going to go with this offensive line? It's a little concerning. I'm a little concerned there. And it, it, it may be at the expense of Zach – Zach's uh, legs a couple of times, so that, that's a little concerned. But right. well, guys, I gotta, I gotta head out. What are we doing here? We're still ben, talking. Ben, can you give me some uh, guidance? Okay. All right, and I'm heading to uh, – I'm going to head to Discord as well, guys. But I, I had planned to leave at 7. That We got some signals crossed. But uh, I'm out of here, guys. Enjoy the draft, and maybe I'll pop in a little bit later.